0: Today on Back to the Bible Canada, we continue our current series with special guest teacher Pastor Steve Bray, called Knowing Jesus, How the Gospel Changes Us. Picking up from yesterday's study, we'll look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to 16, with a message entitled, How the Gospel Changes Our Destiny.
1: Yesterday, we started to answer the question, how does the gospel change us? With our big idea, or our even bigger question being, what does it mean to know Jesus? We learned from Paul in the book of Ephesians that knowing Jesus relationally is more than simply knowing about Jesus. In fact, too much of what is called religion today is really nothing more than treating the Bible like an encyclopedia. We talked about that at the end of yesterday. Oh, people could win Bible trivia games or get the Bible or religion category right on Jeopardy! But what does all that knowledge do if that is all it is? Paul says to truly know Jesus, that is, to believe in him and to trust in him, is to be forever changed by him. It affects us. And so yesterday we learned that knowing Jesus changes our goals. We don't live for ourselves, we don't have to prove our worth or feel special or empowered. We have that in Christ. The gospel frees us to admit our failures, our inadequacies, our sinfulness. We can admit we need help, but the love of Christ, the life of Christ, the death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ also frees us to believe and to trust, to run to him and yell out, help, and he does. And that acceptance and forgiveness and redemption is ours, which means Jesus buys us our pardon. He frees us from our slavery to sin, our guilt, our shame, our, our deep down need to survive, and we can be truly set free. And that changes our goals. We don't have to live now with that survival of the fittest mindset or that this is as good as it gets mantra. No, with Jesus, knowing Jesus gives us new goals. We have a source of love and humility, patience and peace And we now know what's worth believing in, what's worth defending, learning about, and passing on. Now today, we're going to discover that knowing Jesus, and I mean really knowing Him, changes your destiny. So let me read Ephesians 4, 7 through 16, and see how Paul explains this to us today in 2016. in love. What an incredible passage. Now, the beginning of this passage might sound a little intimidating, but Paul is simply using the Old Testament of the Bible and what was a very familiar illustration for his first century listeners. And once we apply that reality, we'll quickly see what Paul is telling us, and it's absolutely amazing. So let me break this passage into three parts. Number one, our eternal destiny affects our living destiny and makes us different right now. So Paul starts with reminding the Ephesians and in turn reminds us that to know Jesus is to know that this life is not the end. Charles Spurgeon said, I am a pilgrim in the world, but at home in my God. In the earth I wander, but in God I dwell in a quiet habitation. Paul reminds his audience that they know Jesus And that this knowing changes everything about us, not just our goals, but also our destiny. Paul explains that Jesus has measured out to us grace. Now, this is more than just saving grace. This is sustaining, empowering grace. Paul talked about this back in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Grace, Paul says, grace to understand life, grace to interact with people, to face the world, to deal with our shortcomings and the shortcomings of the world. This is a community grace that Paul is talking about here. Kent Hughes the commentator says the point for us is each of us has received this enabling grace in the exact proportion that Christ gave it friends that's the greatest part of grace it's that giving aspect of it God didn't just save you he didn't just forgive you he didn't just transform you he gave himself to you the verse ends with Christ's gift that word for gift is different again, and it doesn't focus on the undeservedness of the gift, but on the freeness of the gift. Jesus Christ has measured out to every saved person here today his grace as a gift of power, why? To glorify God and build up the church, to make a difference in the world. Paul is saying that in our unity, we have the knowledge that Christ has given gifts to his church, and he has not overlooked anyone we are the gifts but when we see that paul connects serving grace with salvation grace in verse 8 paul quotes psalm 68:18 when he ascended on high he led a host of captives and then paul gives us some commentary on that and he gave gifts to men and paul goes even further and says in saying he ascended what does it mean that he also descended into the lower regions the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now again, this can be a very challenging passage. For starters, if you actually read Psalm sixty-eight 18, you'll see that what is written there and what Paul quotes here is slightly different. David said in the Old Testament passage, You ascended on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Did you hear the difference? David said receiving gifts, but Paul says he gave gifts. Why? What does that mean? Did Paul misquote David? No. Paul is using Psalm 68 as an illustration of the effects of the gospel in our lives today. Now, let me explain. Psalm 68 is a victory hymn of King David. Some think to celebrate when the Ark of the Covenant was brought to Jerusalem and to celebrate God's conquest of the city itself. Now, the way it works is after a king won such a victory, he would bring the spoils and enemy prisoners to parade before his people. Now, an Israelite king would take his spoils through the holy city of Jerusalem up to Mount Zion where the tabernacle or eventually the temple would be. But... Another feature of the parade, however, would be the display of the king's own soldiers who had been freed after being held prisoner by the enemy. These were often referred to as recaptured captives. Prisoners who had been taken prisoner again, so to speak, by their own king and then given freedom. So what's Paul doing? He's using this psalm as an analogy rather than a direct quote. Now stick with me. Paul is saying that Christ ascended on high, that is a triumphant Christ returning from battle on earth back into the glory of the heavenly city with the trophies of his great victory. And just as a king in Psalm 68 receives gifts from among men, then he is free to give those gifts out to his people. Are you getting the picture yet? This picture is absolutely stunning. When Jesus was crucified and rose again, he did so victorious over Satan and sin and death. Colossians 2.15 says, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. To know Jesus is to have your destiny changed. You are set free, but more than that, You are found, given a purpose and a real sense of belonging and safety and assurance. In this passage from
0: Ephesians 4, we're reminded that the gospel changes not only our eternal destiny, but the here and now. For Paul is saying something here that is profound, namely that Jesus has freely given us his grace and himself. When we become children of God, we receive these precious gifts to use for His glory and His ultimate purpose. Stay with us as we return to this theme right after the break. Did you know there's just a couple of days left to ask for our free Bible resource offer this month, the Skillful Living series by Dr. John Newfeld. This one-week series covers the basics of what we need to know about how to obtain wisdom as defined in the book of Proverbs. Young or old, this book has something for everyone. So be sure to contact us today and ask for your free CD series. Call us at 1-800-663-2425 or email us at info at backtothebible.ca. Now let's go back to the Bible with Pastor Steve
1: Bray. What's more, if you consider the rest of the passage, Jesus doesn't just change your eternal destiny, but your life right here, right now. You are given grace and added to something way bigger than yourself. You're given a community, a family to be a part of and to grow with and to be changed by and to play a part in changing. Remember what Paul wrote in verses 11 through 14? God saves those who trust in him, restores us, changes us, and changes our destiny, but then he includes us in his plan. And that is the church we are added to his body, where there are pastors and teachers and saints, where we are taught and helped and guided, comforted and challenged and loved. If we believe in Jesus, we trust what he says about us and how he wants us to learn. So I realize now I don't have it all figured out. So I run to the one who does and has, and I am surrounded by others like me, some who are more advanced and others who are a little behind, and we all together work to grow up in Christ. And this is how Paul explains it in verses 15 and 16. Now my destiny changes my life towards others. He says, rather speaking the truth in love. My mom used to say, I don't have to be right at the top of my lungs. I don't have to argue my way to rightness. I simply trust God and His Word. I point myself and those around us towards Christ. Okay, so what does all this have to do with you and me in real life practical terms? What does believing this look like today? Well, it has been in the news the last couple of weeks. Monty Williams coached the New Orleans Pelicans basketball team, and he recently lost his wife tragically in a car accident. She was killed by someone who was driving twice the legal speed limit, and rumors are she was texting as well. But if you watched Monty Williams' seven-minute eulogy of his wife, he talked about the fact that his wife was in heaven, and what stood out to me was he said, "'I am not here today to say I've lost my wife.'" To lose something is not to know where it is. My wife is in heaven because she trusted in Jesus Christ. You see, Monty Williams gets Ephesians 4. To know Jesus is to have a new destiny both now and into eternity. Paul said in Philippians 1, For me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. What? How? How can someone, me, you, anyone, be this at peace, this confident, this purposeful in life and death? Well, if you know Jesus, know who he is, the Son of God, what he has done, died for us, and know what he has said. Friends, God's word will tell you about God and creation, what's wrong with this world, what's wrong with people, including you and I. Think about it. You didn't learn how to be bad. My wife and I have three children. They are precious and dear to us, but they are all sinners who need to know Jesus. Debbie and I never taught our kids to get angry or to lie or to be selfish. In fact, we've spent the last 21 years of life, marriage, and family trying to teach our kids the exact opposite of these things. Friends, creation tells us something is wrong, Sickness is everywhere. Diseases and new diseases are rampant. And hurt tells us there's something wrong with this world. But when you know Jesus, when you know Jesus like Monty Williams knew Jesus, knows Jesus, that life is a gift, hard as it is. And death doesn't need to be feared as difficult as it is. Jesus is who he claims to be and did what the Bible claims him to have done. William Romaine. That English Anglican preacher said it like this, consider your state. You are a pardoned sinner, not under the law, but under grace, freely, fully saved from the guilt of all your sins. There is none to condemn. God having justified you, he sees you in his son, washed you in his blood, clothed you in his righteousness, and he embraces him and you, the head of and the members with the same affection. Now, Monty Williams and William Romaine both have this figured out. When you know Jesus, you can rest from self-advancement and you can share life with others. You belong to Jesus and to all others who do as well. So the church, while never perfect, has a perfect Savior. And when we rest in him and learn from him and run to him and sing and worship him together, trust me, the world will notice. Do you know Jesus and your destiny? Have you been set free? Do you know the power and comfort and help the church can and should be to you? Do you understand how God saves us to use us? Tomorrow we'll see how knowing Jesus changes our outlook on life. And I hope you'll join me in looking at Ephesians chapter four, verses 17 through 24.
2: Pastor Steve, I want to talk to you about two things that you mentioned, and the first, way back then, I mean, you're a pastor, so, you know, the issue about the church that you brought up, uh, talk to us about the relationship between walking my Christian faith uh, and and the church. I mean, I, I guess I can't walk my faith by myself.
1: No, it's interesting you brought that up. I was recently at a a meeting with some men and we were watching a video of a Q&A at Ligonier Ministries in which this very question was brought up to R.C. Sproul. And he talked about where we get the word church. We have churches that we call the Kirk and it's from the Greek word the kurios which means from the body. And his point was you, you cannot be a Christian and be a part of the body of Christ if you're not a part of what Christ calls his body, the church. And I realize that a lot of people have horror stories about churches that did this and did did that. And that's why I said the church is not perfect, but Christ is. The head of the church is always perfect. And that's why I think Ephesians 4 is so important because Paul talks about pastors and teachers and evangelists to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. But then it talks about this process of maturing where each believer is growing and understands when they grow into their role, the church works better.
2: Yeah, exactly. So if I can interject as well to say that back to the Bible ministry, ministers to people throughout the week, and we want to encourage the faith of people who have faith and continue to build them up and, and also call people to consider the gospel if they never done that, yes. but we supplement, we do not take the place of...
1: Amen. And I and that is always a blessing to me about back to the Bible. It is it is not trying to replace the church, but help supplement, add to. And again, I want to encourage your listening audience that I've heard many stories growing up in church and being a pastor that nobody ever hurt me like the church did. And I will tell you if you knew my testimony a little bit, it is true that I've been hurt by Christians and the church but I've also been hurt by the world as well and abandoned by the world. And I will tell you this, I've also never been loved like I've been loved by the church.
2: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. I want to switch gears here just uh, very briefly and have you talk a little bit about uh, this wonderful story about the basketball coach. Yes. Because in our conversation, you, you added a little bit to that. Would you do that now? Yeah,
1: this was the part I didn't get to. But what amazed me, when I heard this eulogy, it made pop culture news everywhere. And my son had actually tuned in in our car to the satellite radio to ESPN. And a sports uh, writer, broadcaster, is named Dan Lebatard. And he was complimenting Monty Williams' source of peace and strength in the face of tragedy. And it amazed me because all kinds of people tweeted in and wrote it in and attacked Dan Lebitard, who does not claim to be a Christian, doesn't claim to have faith. And they said, you know, you're mocking uh, those uh, uh, that don't have faith. You're making Christian sounds like they're really strong. And his point was this. Look, you can't help but admire someone that has this source of strength and peace in the face of unimaginable tragedy. His wife died. They have five children. But what most fascinated me after the back and forth of Dan Lebetard with his listeners and the other men on his radio station, he made this comment going to break. For all of the atheists, agnostics, skeptics, and doubters I know, I have never met one who, when faced with this type of tragedy, this type of unimaginable, unexplainable hurt, had a source of strength, a grounding in peace that they could cling to, and he had only seen it in Christians who know Jesus.
2: Yeah. I mean, isn't that wonderful what faith actually does once we have come to have that assurance how how that just impacts people who watch our lives even through our own tragedies thank you very much for your ministry
0: the gift of being part of the body of christ is an amazing reality for all those who follow christ what a great lesson we've learned today about how the gospel changes our destiny in this way we're part of a family bound together by the blood of jesus christ and it's a beautiful picture indeed Perhaps as we reflect on this message, we can ask ourselves whether we're living out this truth. Is our current destiny shaped by being part of a gospel-centered community? Please tune in again tomorrow as Pastor Steve dives into the topic of how knowing Jesus changes our outlook based on Ephesians chapter 4 verses 17 to 24. Back to the Bible Canada, leading you forward in your walk with Jesus every day. Ever wondered how you can play a special role in helping us continue to broadcast solid Bible teaching on the air and online every day across Canada? Well, there's a great opportunity to become one of the faithful group of ministry friends through our Partner to Tell campaign. What is Partner to Tell? Well, it's our monthly partner program which we launched in 2015. By becoming a monthly partner, not only do you experience the convenience of a way to give back, But you'll be ensuring that so many more are reached with the good news of Jesus Christ. And there are benefits exclusive to our Partner to Tell Friends, including a subscription to Truth and Life magazine, a 15% discount on all of our resources, our annual scripture calendar, a hand-picked Bible teaching series by Dr. John Neufeld on CD, and a unique email address to correspond with us. So please consider helping us reach our goal of 120 new monthly partners in 2016. Become one of whom represent the foundation of this ministry from coast to coast. To respond today, visit backtothebible.ca or call us at 1-800-663-2425. That's 1-800-663-2425.